Welcome into Camel Call Friday. Coming up a little later in the show, Evan Budrovich will stop by and we'll talk about that season opening football game Thursday night under the lights at Barker Lane Stadium. But another one of Campbell's team kicks off their fall season. Cross country gets after it today, close to home up in the Triangle area. And to talk to me about that and a little bit of everything is our head cross country and track and field coach Virgil Gibbons. And I'll I'll start there, Coach. It's not just you're the track and field coach. It's not just you're the cross-country coach. You're also the indoor track and field head coach for all those things and for both the men and women. So we'll start right there. How do you coach all those sports for all those seasons with all those student athletes? <laughs> um, well, first I want to say thank you for having me. Um, really do appreciate this. Um, but in regards to how to coach it, it's it's really um, to me it's really been about building a staff, building a team. Right, um, we're trying to build a team on the track, but we also have to build a team in the office of uh, different individuals that are able to buy into the overall goal of what it is we're trying to accomplish as a team, um, and then try to um, delegate different tasks so that we can put it together on a regular basis. So. Um, Coaching girls and guys sometimes is fun, but uh, sometimes it's not. But it's it's a blessing in itself. And you have been blessed and hired some really good assistants. So there is some help with each of the different categories. But I always think when you get on the bus and the look of a 100-meter sprinter and the look of a steeplechaser and the look of a pole bolter, you are such a mixed bunch on the bus. I always think about it. It's always fun to hang around a track and field team because you have every type, every personality yes. in the book. Yes, 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 we do. Um, and the characters, uh, personalities that come with it. So um, again, that's the beauty of being able to have a team of coaches that are with us um, because they come from unique backgrounds that are able to relate to um, different individuals and um, based off their event, but also based off their personality, where they come from. Um, we will talk about cross country and a, and a lot of other things, but but first, and I always say, wow, an exclamation point on a brilliant career. I always think this will be one of the last times we talk about Athanas Kiyoko, but we just heard that he is the Big South Conference Athlete of the Year for, again, such an outstanding year. And I know he can't lace it up anymore. He doesn't have any more eligibility, but, but, but one more feather in the cap of what is going to go down is one of the greatest careers, not only for Campbell track and field and cross country, but in Campbell athletics period, if you could talk about him for me. You know, man, um, I, people uh, use the acronym GOAT all the time, right? And we, we hear it off the simplest um, award-winning coach or athlete. Um, I think what Athanas did for Campbell University um, clearly puts him in that category. Um, and I, I, outside of Chris Clemens, I necessarily don't know anyone else that could have put us on a platform like like Athanas did. Um, his his work ethic was something to watch. You know, um, you, you, you run across kids that are talented. You run across kids that can work hard. Um, you rarely run across a kid that's talented and works hard. Um, we as coaches tend to want kids that we could say, hey, don't work out. Um, with Athanas, you really can't tell him not to work out because he's going to do it. You just have to try to um, direct him in the which ways to do exactly what it is he's trying to achieve 
Um, his determination to me was beautiful, and I thought the way he handled winning um, with grace and with dignity was, again, just something that to me puts him in a category of when we talk about the word goat. I think it uh, he's, he's one of, he's, uh, I guess, one of few. That is an amazing way to put it because my, my follow-up was going to be before you already mapped it out, just a, a great person off the track as well yes. who really loved this university, yes. which is what made his story special. All right, no more eligibility for him. Your cross-country team, let's first go on the men's side. They're going to look a little bit different. Some guys we might not know as stars, but but you've really put together a, a solid team here, haven't you? Um, so we are in a different type of transition. Um, we our, our, our team is um, we have three seniors and we have four freshmen. And so we are um, we're in a transition where we have a couple of guys that have been a part of the Campbell brand, I would say, of what we've done from the distance side. Um, Lederick McNeil, Pace Clark. Um, these guys are, are guys that have won cross-country championships with us. Um, they know what that looks like. They know what that work and that team camaraderie looks like. And then we have a Hudson Hayes that's coming in as a freshman or a Sammy Pazilgia um, that's a, a new kid to us. So um, trying to mesh that together, trying to um, make sure that these older guys can give the younger guys what it is that it is to be a Campbell um, cross-country athlete, but then also make sure that these seniors go out on top and, and have a chance at the Big South Conference Championship the last time that Campbell will be in the Big South um, to try to leave us with a lasting um, impression and experience is a task in itself, but it's a task that we're excited about. And over on the women's side, rebuilding as well. But you have, but you have one superstar there. We do. Oh my gosh, man, Dorcas, right? Um, Dorcas isn't Athanas, but Dorcas has the ability to become that. And last year, I thought Dorcas really blossomed, and it's really, really exciting to see her throughout the summer. Um, how she's really started to get into running even more than what she had in the past. Um, and her mentality going into this year, um, I think that's one of the beauties about co collegiate sports is you get to see the growth, um, not only in the athlete as a whole, but the person as, a, as an individual. Um, and I would say that, not to say that she was immature, but she didn't understand her abilities. And now that she's getting to understand her abilities and her talent, um, just to see that to come together with her physical abilities, man, this is uh, this is going to be cool. And it will start um, this Friday up in Raleigh tonight. Up in Raleigh, we are with uh, Campbell Head Track and Field and Head Cross Country Coach Virgil Gibbons. And Coach, you had been an assistant here for a couple of years, and then thrown into the head coaching job first as an interim in August, and that was right before the season started. You were named head coach just a couple months later, and, and oh, all you did during that time, your first couple months being thrown into the head man, was bring Campbell University their first ever, ever track and field conference championship when you brought home the trophy for the Big South indoor meet for the men. When you think back to that time, one, how the heck did you get it all together to be able to get yourself and your team organized and then bring back a championship? I think... From a staff perspective, um, we kind of understood that we were up against a lot. 
and that the only way we were going to get through what we were dealing with at the time was to come together. And I think as we began to come together more as a staff, that message, that teaching, that understanding um, started to come across the team. And, you know, uh, track and field is typically a sport that you look at. It's like an individual sport with a team concept, right? Uh, Majority of the time you're competing by yourself. You're worried about about yourself. And it's kind of hard to bring in the team concept. And what I think we showed through um, through our daily actions was we showed the kids that, hey, we're a team and we're going to do this thing together. And you need to root for someone that's uh, on a different event. You may not see them during competition because of the way the events are. But when you do that, it's going to light a fire in other people that haven't seen it done in that way. And I think that we really like we really, really started to bring that together. Um, at that indoor conference championship um, where we had some events that didn't go right, that didn't go at the beginning, that didn't go the way we wanted them to go. But to see the team as a whole, every individual cheer and console those individuals that didn't make that event, that didn't make that final that they wanted to make, um, I think it really, really, it, it was a if, if you were in the room, if you were in the building, it was a magical experience because we had we didn't have the greatest day one that we were anticipating. But then when d- day two came, everyone was locked in to make up for day one, but to also cheer for each other. Um, and um, yeah, I mean, and I, I do think there's more to come. I do think we have a lot of talent coming in um, and we had some really talented kids here that have blossomed even more so. Really, really excited about what we did and and what we're going to do. And two, you returned a a lot from from that championship team, which this day and age, with the transfer portal and the way things are, is uh, is no small accomplishment. You you feel pretty good with what you have coming back indoor and outdoor track and field, don't you? I feel I feel really, really good. Um, we've brought in some really good kids in the country, but we also have some kids that have developed here um, into special kids in the country. And um, knowing these kids, knowing that they can come here, get a great education, um, have a phenomenal experience and be treated fairly, um, I think is the reason why we've been safe so far with the transfer portal. Um, There's a lot of different things out there, but I feel as though when you're being fed um, and you're getting a full meal on a consistent basis, you really not, you don't think about being hungry. Um, and I think that's really what's going on with us right now. Let's talk a little bit about you and, and your background. Um, as you say, you were born in New York, but you, you grew up in the, in the Raleigh area. What was it like growing up, um, around here and and how happy are you to be back home? (laughs) Um, man, I, you know, I always say like North Carolina, um, gave me and my family like an opportunity to grow from different perspectives. Um, in New York, you are deemed by where you live. Your your environment, your culture is is based off where you live, and and you have there's opportunities to make it out. There's opportunities to do different things, but those opportunities are very limited. Um, here in North Carolina or, or in Raleigh, you would say that same thing, but to me, um, I just felt as though the living here. Um, is, is a lot easier on the mind, um, is, is a lot easier on the family. And so um, to, to have the experience to grow up here, to do what I consider like the most important things in life, um, 
and then to come back here and have this opportunity at this university. Um, I'm not going to say it's a fairy tale, but it's a it's a phenomenal feeling. You are an alum of another fine institution in North Carolina, NCANT. You played football there, and and this is a podcast, of course. But if anyone that has seen you coach, your biceps probably only uh, would be would be kind of matched up with uh, Mike Minners and, and head coach football. If we had a strength contest for um, all of our all of our head coaches there. Um, my gosh, talk about your football career at, at, at such a fine institution. Um, you know, it was a joy. Um, f- football at A&T and just being at A&T in general, um, I wouldn't be the man that I am and the man that I want to be without experiencing what I did at A&T. Um, one thing about that experience is it, it taught you how to come together for a common cause. Um, and And that, to me, has led and guided me in different ways of understanding what it is to be a team, whether it's in a personal relationship or a team concept um, or a working relationship. It's it's always that foundation has always taught me that if you want to achieve something, you have to people have to be in alignment. Um, People have to be willing to work together and and they have to come together for that cause. Um, Being at A&T and seeing that from the professors to um, to our teammates, to what we went through um, with a coaching change um, has just I think it's provided me a foundation that I I I can't thank them more enough for giving that to me. Yeah, the, that lead-in was weird. What I was meaning to say is you look like you could still tote the ball for, oh. for, for, for five to six yards of carry. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> um, <laughs> thank you, man. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. You got to miss it. You, you, you got to miss it, the contact sport, I, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm all, I mean, I definitely love that, right? Like, um that's great. <laughs> that is so great. It's so fun. Um, that contact, um, that ability of just yeah, yeah. It was it's it's a great experience. All right. Well, well. Speaking of football, that's a great segue. I knew I would get to it eventually. Speaking <laughs> of football, we leave the track and go to football. Evan comes in. We talk about uh, this week in Campbell Athletics, including that season opening football game and the weekend to come. Coming up next here on Camel Call Friday. Planning a tailgate? Then it's bow time. Bojangles has everything you need for the perfect tailgate, no matter how many fans you're trying to feed. There's the original tailgate, the super tailgate, and for a really big crowd, the jumbo tailgate special. And if you like your chicken off the bone, choose the Supreme's tailgate special that includes 12 perfectly seasoned tenderloin fillets. So grab the tickets, get that Bojangles tailgate special, and go. It's bow time. Hi Campbell fans, I'm Christy Yarbrough with Remax United. Thinking about buying or selling or know someone who is? Let me help you make the right moves. It's important to work with the right agent with local knowledge and cutting edge experience. I can help ease the pains of the buying or selling process by guiding you through the steps. Whether it's connecting you with the right lender, home inspector, handyman for those undone projects, staging and prepping your home for sale, or helping you find the ideal home that fits your family's needs. Visit my website for more information at christyy.remaxagent.com. Go Camels!
Welcome back to the Camel Call Friday podcast, our last segment here. And Evan Budrovich joins the conversation. We are taping this on Friday morning, really just a couple hours before this comes out, because, Evan, we wanted to do this because we wanted to talk about our first impressions of the Campbell football team. And it was darn good, 29-10, to 10, the score as uh, Campbell's offense dominant, defense dominant. And, and I think we'll start right there with the defense. They allowed a late touchdown that made the score 29 to 10. But after allowing one of the best rushing attacks in all of FCS, the Citadel runs the option. They're in the top 10 year after year after year. They allowed over 100 yards on the Citadel's first two offensive drives. And then after that, they allowed less than 100 yards. The defense made great adjustments and really dominated that game. Ben, but don't break. I think was the key term. When you force three turnovers, the, the big fumble in the first half, a couple interceptions in the second half, obviously the offense was legit in that first half, right? You get the touchdown early, but when you play with a lead, you know the team's going to run the ball. I was impressed. And, you know, last year run defense was an issue for this team. It looked a lot better. I know it's one week, right? You don't want to buy too much into the stock, but – they checked a lot of boxes. D-line looked really good. Linebackers were fast. That was an athletic defense. Yeah, and, and when you go back to the offense, the offense on their first two series were just dominant. It was a couple of 74-yard um, drives. Haj Malik Williams, now fully healthy, does what makes him a unique talent. He was flushed out of the pocket on a, on a third down play inside the 30. He ran from one sideline to the other, bought time, and found a wide-open receiver I thought in of the, the end zone. of yep. the cat like, scanning yep. his eyes back and forth because <laughs> you're like, oh, no, don't go that way. And he, he scrambles back towards the field. He finds Ezariah Anderson. And it's one of those Steph Curry, oh, no, 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 yes! Yep. Yep, and and speaking of Anderson, if you're wondering who's going to fill Caleb Sneed's shoes, Sneed went back home. He's he's from Lynchburg. He's playing his final year of eligibility um, against Liberty. How about Ezariah Anderson? He was a three-star coming out of Florida. He transferred from Iowa State. Oregon and Missouri recruited him as well. You can't miss him on the field. Number zero, he's 6'5", and he's one of those guys, along with returning some other good receivers, Jalen Kelsey, Jai Williams, They've got some options to go to. Well, and to your point, eight different players were targeted last night. And that's the balance this offense didn't have at the end of the year. I mean, Julian Hill's become a weapon again. He made two big catches, and it took four players to tackle him, right? Brian Barr, 100 yards. We've been looking for that number one running back. Yep. McDowell was good in spots. The balance wasn't there at the end of last year. There's a lot more run-pass balance this year. Yeah, nearly 200 yards of rushing um, from this team that wants to run. And, oh, by the way, special teams, we pretty special, pretty special last night. Caleb Dowden, the transfer from Mercer, three for three on field goals, 36, 31, 26 yards. And that, doing that in the first game after what Campbell has unfortunately gone through over the past couple of years in the field goal kicking game, that's a game changer because that puts in Mike Minner's head, hey, if we get close enough, and, and Dowden had a career long of 45 yards at Mercer, so he's got the range, he's got the accuracy this year. That really opens up what you can do and the decisions you make. We saw in the scrimmages this fall, any made field goal, the team would storm the yep. field and celebrate. Now there's a confidence. It's not this one-off of can we make a kick. Isaac Riffle's been really good at kickoffs. Yep. He's changed roles from field goal to kickoff duties. Clearly punting is still really good. And then would he add the field goal element of it? Yep. And yes, there was a bad snap on the extra point, and that's why you see the miss extra point. But when you're making three field goals, the team looks good on special teams, and you're right, the trust factor, and that's 98% of it. 
Yeah, Campbell scores offensively on their first five offensive series of the game. That they end up six four eight. The the last one they let the the let the clock run out. But 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 that's how dominant that that offense was. Again, look, they, they would have rather gotten a touchdown or two in there when they had three drives with three straight field goals. And but, look at the scoring drives: yep. 227, 310, 204, 318. The long one, six minutes in the fourth quarter when you're milking the clock. Yeah. That's an efficient offense. Yeah, and 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 look, the the Citadel is going to finish near the bottom of the SoCon, but but what you take from that game a little bit more than the offense is what the defense did. Look, the the Citadel runs that they, they averaged nearly 270 yards rushing last year, and again made the adjustments, and it didn't take halftime. They made the adjustments after the first quarter, and and they were able to really neutralize that running attack. That's what Kennesaw State has done for years yep. against Campbell. A little different talent level, but yep. part of it is the no-chop blocking outside the tackle zone, right? That yep. forces you to really be tight in, in the tackle box. And then, two, there's a lot of athletes on this Campbell defense. Discipline, athleticism. And, and they were fired up week one, so that's a good sign heading into next week. Yeah, and, and for Campbell, living up to the billing, C.J. Tillman was a, was a FCS freshman All-American. He had nine solo tackles, 11 total. Everybody did well on defense, but, boy, he, he really reestablished himself as a beast. You know who stood out to me? Tillman was good, and we knew he'd be 100 yeah. tackles this year. Paul Hudson, as a freshman defensive lineman, Hudson is a true freshman, three-star talent. Yep. He looked the part. He yep, was blowing he up the offensive line. He got in the backfield. There's a little bit of depth to this team, too, this year, not just a, a starting 11. Yeah, and, and I think that's what people will notice. There are some people said, well, I mean, the, there weren't a lot of – where are these true freshmen that are, um, you know, the, the, that are the three and the four stars? Some of those guys played – but there was a lot of good experience coming back. It's going to provide that depth, though. So in the second half, when maybe you know guys in your secondary a little winded, bring in a four-star instead of bringing in somebody that's a little shaky for a series or two. I think that's going to be the big difference with this team. That's a great point because Aaron Maddox is back and fully healthy. Yep. Jonathan Jones, who's changed positions every year, yep. you know he has a great interception at the safety position. And that's a depth that Campbell hasn't had. You know, Citadel's not going to throw more than 10 times. Yep. We'll see teams air it out like ECU and William & Mary next week. But for this defense, I mean, they checked every box. They looked really yep. good. Yeah, and, and, and you mentioned William & Mary, and we'll kind of wrap up our football discussion with that. Campbell will be an underdog going to a William & Mary team that was pretty good last year that is picked to finish in the middle to the upper tier. They got a couple of first-place votes in the CAA, which, again— is where Campbell's going next year and is the best FCS football conference. So I like this game for a lot of, of reasons. You don't have to go up there and win it, but if you can go up there and, and prove that you belong, it'll do a lot for confidence next year. But also, too, boy, what an opportunity. Um, if they can go up there at William & Mary on the road and come out and get a win in a place that it would be considered an upset, boy, that would really um, vault this year and who knows where it goes from there. Campbell was undefeated against the Southern Conference, 2-0. Yep. They have struggled against the CAA. Elon last year in a tight game. James Madison, who was the class of the league. This is sort of the audition for next season. When you join the conference, you see a lot of these teams every year. We know William & Mary is a very good football team. I, I think it'll show where Campbell has grown from last year to this year. Yep, no doubt. A, a team picked to finish fifth in a 13-team um, CAA. So we will uh, we will have that one for you next Saturday 
at six o'clock. Okay, it was a it was a heck of a September first. At the same time, going on across campus uh, because of a scheduling with Richmond, we were playing at the same time. But women's soccer came up with a three nothing win. Look. You look at women's soccer record, and you might wonder what's been going on. They were 10 seconds away from tying NC State. They got a they got a late goal on that. They really should be 2-2-1 two, two and one right now. They are not, but they've played a tough schedule, and that's really going to benefit them once they get into the Big South Conference. More importantly, the first win, right? And this is a team that won double-digit games last year. You get that first win out of the way. They look good, too. I mean, 3-0, that's, that's awesome. And the girls were excited on social media afterwards. This is a team that can still win the Big South. I mean, don't be alarmed by the Clemsons and the NC States of the world. Jeff Gross wanted this tough schedule, and we'll see as September moves forward a better record for that, that squad. Yeah, they'll be at Coastal Carolina this Sunday at 7, at Wofford on September 8th on Thursday, and then they won't be back home till September 15th when they take on UNCW. Over on the other side, the men living up to the billing. Look, they were ranked there's a couple of different soccer polls, but in the major soccer polls, Campbell legitimately ranked, not in the region, folks, but in the top 25 in the nation. They go down to Texas and take care of a couple teams that aren't very good, 3-zip, three 3-1 three against Incarnate Word and Houston Baptist. But at Davidson, they smoked the Wildcats 2-0. They and they keep did it moving up the rankings. With 10 players. Yeah. Diego Connix in the fifth, sixth minute gets a red card. Yeah. And they're playing down a man. They score two goals. I mean, Kenny Amish, if you got to look on the video on Twitter. It's a beautiful through ball yep. from James. He finds Amish who's striking in the box, and he goes top left corner. I mean, this is a good team, and we told you they're a good team. They're playing Coastal on Monday. That'll be an awesome matchup. Coastal's always top 50. They're looking really good this yeah. year. Which, by the way, Kimmy Amish, and again, there are so many different award watch lists and things, and you might not be familiar with men's soccer. Kimmy Amish is basically on the 30-man list for the Heisman of, of men's college soccer, and, and that's how good this team is. You mentioned the Coastal game. Yes, it is on Monday. It is on Labor Day, 6 o'clock. We'd love to see you out at Eeks Athletic Complex, but that game will be on ESPN Plus as well at 6 o'clock. And that game over the years, it's been classic 1-1, a couple of draws, a couple of last-minute goals. Both those teams are tournament squads. Yeah. I mean, talk about a great September 1st for the Hannah Baysmore era. You know, I saw her in the tailgating yep. lot. She's walking around, schmoozing, meeting people. Undefeated, 3-0. and So that's a great day for Campbell Athletics. Yep. Volleyball hits the road again. And, again, you – have a pattern of what do these teams in the fall that win championships year after year do they go on the road and play some and play some tough teams in some tough tournaments this tournament won't be as tough northern illinois at valpo and siue so the volleyball team coming off their first weekend of the season will rack up some wins in indiana it's a good thing too coach greg goral does that as he was our guest on camel call live on monday he, he does that because he got some players from chicago and I some love players the from the midwest you yep. gotta hit him on monday too yep. and he showed us that right after the tournament because a whole decade of building this program from bottom tier big south to now them and high no Point doubt are 1a and 1b i mean chloe cook really good in her sophomore year claren fector probably the best libero in the league they have a lot of talent. Layla Green comes back with Melody Page. That's a really good team. Yeah, I, I've told him this many, many times. He basically had to rebuild and start up a Division One program. That's the the volleyball program was in shambles here ten years. And they ago. were in Chicago yesterday taking pictures yeah. by the Bean. Yeah. So all the girls had the fancy pictures. <laughs> they were all touring downtown Chicago. So their Instagram account was fun yesterday. Yep. So they will be on the road again. And our men's and women's cross country team they start things off as they always do at the Elon Opener. Um, 
that's coming up on Friday, and uh, you had listened to um, at the beginning of this show. If not, you just skipped ahead to listen to Evan Budrovich. Go back and and listen to, to, to head coach Virgil Givens talk about a new look, but a men's team on the men's side that he's got a lot of confidence in. Women are rebuilding, but but the men, he's like, hey, he's got a lot of guys that have won some trophies, so he'll be really interested to see how they do at Elon. Especially when you face all the regional opponents. There's a couple of Big South teams in that tournament. You know, the fun meets are October 29th, the Big South Championship, and then at NC State, uh, September 16th. And NC State women, they won the national championship last year. So, you know, it's early, but that's just the fun part of cross country. It's 30 minutes, they compete, and you see what happens. So you can take a little bit of a breath for some home stuff for next week, but um, 6 o'clock, men's soccer take on Coastal. It'll be on ESPN+. Plus. Counter-programming, Camel Call Live will go on on Labor Day. We're not being mean to to the football guys. We'll have a bunch of football guys there because they're practicing because it's a game week for them, and there is no uh, day off. So make sure uh, if you don't go to the soccer game, you can join us at the county seat. But what, What's your uh, favorite gonna be food fun. from the county seat? You know, they have great burgers. Yep, yep. I, I, I really, really like their, their Philly cheesesteak there. Ooh. Is it is really good, and it's been a good show. We've gotten great crowds for the first two Mondays. Labor Day is going to be a little different, but but as as Coach Mike Minner but you says, start getting the Monday Night Football crowd too. And as Coach Minner says, if we win, we're going to get more people here. So thanks for those that have come out, and if you uh, if you can join us, we'll be there every single Monday except the Monday before Christmas. I, I see you counting your calendar, <laughs> yeah, folks. Yes, yeah. every Monday, and trust me, a lot of guests and Chris and I will try to help out where we can. So we'll keep it entertaining for you for the next couple of weeks. It has been a lot of fun doing that and a lot of fun doing this podcast. Thank you for listening. Evan, thank you for being here once again. For Evan, I'm Chris saying so long. We'll talk to you again on Camel Call Live. Monday night.